All right, welcome to the Behind the Glass Gallery podcast, episode number four. I'm your host, Richard B. Cologne. Hello, and I'm your host, co-host, Kwaji Donnell. <laughs> well, I mean, we're both hosts. So yeah, I mean, host, I, mean, host. I like host. the co in front of my name, though. Right, right. Co-curator, nah, co-host. Nah, we both, we both, uh, we're doing this together, man, so... Um, yeah, we, we, we got our, our, um, our April artists here with us. Um, we got a great bunch. We, um, we've been doing this. This is our fourth time, man. And I think we've had um, excellent, excellent uh, uh, showcases uh, downtown in Rochester. Um, please, if you haven't yet, please uh, uh, head, on, head on over to Mercantile on Main and uh, visit uh, the Behind the Glass Gallery Anytime the Mercantile is open, I do not have the keys. Just head <laughs> over there. Um, you're welcome to visit and uh, see uh, whichever artist is showcasing uh, their uh, their work, their medium uh, down in that gallery space. Um, and as always, please, you know, um, like you're doing right now, subscribe to this podcast, uh, listen, share it, and um, yeah, because I think it's very important to not only just uh, be able to see what these artists have to offer on these gallery walls. And I think that's what we, you know, decided on doing for this gallery. Uh, but we wanted to also give you guys also another dimension, which is what this uh, podcast is here for. So we want you to be able to hear the voices of the artists, uh, uh, be able to see uh, the ideas, the heart, uh, the passion, uh, the drive behind what they do and what they're bringing into the gallery space uh, so yeah, so I'm excited about today. I'm, I mean, we've we, we've had a great uh, a great run so far. This is our fourth uh, month. We got a lot of great things uh, planned for down the road. Uh, uh, there's a big thing that I'm trying to uh, conjure up uh, for the gallery uh, for the end of the year, uh, and we're almost at the halfway point, almost at uh, uh, the, the middle of the year. But right now, um, yeah. So Kwaja, what do you think about our, our group today? Yeah, man, I'm really excited. You know, I, I keep using the, the metaphor of the 90s bulls because we keep going back to back to back to back. Um, you know, another exciting group. Uh, and, I, and I think you said it best there. These podcasts are always fun for me because it gives me an opportunity to hear a little bit more about um, their work. And then all of a sudden there is a connection, like we create this connection. So I hope that, you know, as you as you listen and as you learn uh, and you see their work, there's there's something that resonates with you, whether it's the way they go about the process or or, or what they present. So really excited to have uh, Matt, Molly, and the only non-M uh, name this month, uh, Coco. Um, so we're trying to figure out a, a, an M name for her, but I, I think we're just going right. to go go Coco um, because, you know, yeah, it, it is what it is, right? We all can't have, you know, a letter or, or a name that starts with M. For sure, for sure. <laughs> all right, awesome. So uh, when we come back, we'll have our, our April artists and we'll get to know them a little better. All right, we're back and we're going to start off with our first gallery artist for the month of April, Coco Ray. Hey, How are everybody. you, Coco? <laughs> Sorry, hey, Coco. I, that, I really shot the gun on that one. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Hey. Yeah, so uh, we're really excited to have you here, Coco. I know that um, you've been really big uh, in, in terms of trying to, you know, amplify your voice and everything that you do in, in, in terms of your medium. But we want to know, basically, Kwaje and I, we want to know, everybody here, I'm sure a lot of Rochester want to know, um, what, is, what is the purpose of life? <laughs> the purpose Dang. of it. That's such a, it is. And I'm just like, it's, wow, we were just. It's really, who are you? <laughs> who, who are you? What do you do? What's your life? Right. What's going on? Um, <laughs> that, so, how about this? We'll just put it this way let people know who you are. Okay. Well, my name's Coco. Yes, that's my legit name. That's my government name. Um, I usually just go by Coco Ray or Coco. I answer to either. I am a Rochester native. I am big on art, big on amplifying my voice, but other artists' voices. I'm an aunt, so I have a two-year-old nephew. I'm a grad student. I'm at VSW. I'm a visual artist. I've always seen myself as a visual artist, not just a photographer. I'm a photographer. I'm a curator. I'm a bunch of different things, but Coco's pretty much where I suffice with <laughs> Awesome. Okay. Um, so basically, 
what you're bringing into the gallery. So when we called you, when we basically just, you know, hit you up, when I told you that I wanted to actually have you into the gallery, how, how did that make you feel? Like, what was your first emotion? I mean, I know you've been part of galleries before. Um, what, what about behind the glass gallery was different for you? Well, for me, I've always been, I would use the word Lucy lurking on Twitter. Twitter's been a very interesting platform for me. And um, seeing like a space like that being cultivated on Twitter and then manifested into like physical space has been really cool. And getting to see like the different artists um, being represented and appreciated in those in this space has been really cool. Like Narada, me and Narada have worked together on a project. Jackie, me and Jackie have engaged in like um, Twitter space, but also in like physical spaces and like Rob, like getting to know Rob through like, um, I think it was like a virtual space, but seeing his work and stuff prevail and like the DNC. So it's like everyone's kind of like being amplified, but at the same time getting to know other artists. Oh, and also indie too, but like getting to know all these other artists alongside with that and being able to see them in these spaces and talking with these artists about like being underrepresented and also being in those spaces and creating more art and more voices for people to hear these stories and stuff like that. So I think it's been really cool to be able to be a part of that, like upcoming legacy, you know. So. Oh, I love wow. the word legacy. Up, yeah, yeah, I was going to say. Upcoming yeah, that's legacy. A, that's a, I think that's a beautiful word. to, And, you know, Richard and I have spoken about it a bunch of times where, you know, really the the folks that have been through the gallery have been, either word of mouth. So someone will say, hey, this person is really cool, but then they're already kind of on our radar or it's been, you know, folks that we've been fans of in, in some capacity, whether it's, you know, their film work or just their storytelling or something that, you know, makes you connect to it. So I'm happy that that also resonates resonates with you. <laughs> Molly, who, who are you? Who indeed? <laughs> who are you really? <laughs> who, um, who is she? Yeah. Uh, I'm Molly, and I am a dragon. No, I'm I'm an artist. <laughs> I do refer to myself as a mama dragon a lot, just because I was born in the year of a dragon, and I'm a Scorpio, so I like that vibe. Yeah, you know, just like, oh yeah, I'm a Scorpio double Virgo. Not to make this an astrology podcast, Aries, but, but we're okay. very oh oh Aries. Okay, okay. Well, we've got a nice mixture of elements. That's great because I'm just yes, like ice I, and mud. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, I'm a Scorpio double Virgo. I have two dragon babies, or you could call them children, um, <laughs> a 10-year-old who's amazing and a 7-year-old. Um, and they, we co-parent, so they have two sets of parents. It's really cool. And I have a studio at the yards in the public market that I've had since... 2018. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I actually was talking to Sarah Rutherford time. when they first opened it in 2011, and then I wasn't able to be part of it, and now it's cool to be part of it again now that it's been all developed. Um, so I have a studio there, and I'm also the community cultivator there. So my history is in teaching. I have two degrees in teaching. I have a master's degree in literacy, and I've like Ooh. taught a lot of kids and also taught a lot of grown-ups how to play. Um, I teach this class called Ugly Art at the Yards, and it's my favorite fucking thing to teach because it helps grown-ups like release back into their bodies and back into playfulness. So that's what I'm all about is like creativity and art as a therapeutic like mindful but also full body experience mm -hmm. like um I love to do live painting I just did a live painting for a show this last weekend that Richard came to thanks awesome. man awesome. um yeah we did like a Lincoln Park Meteora 20 year show and I threw paint around on the stage next to the drummer for like <laughs> an hour and a half and it was amazing um and I had someone come up afterwards and say like hey I'd never thought of art as a full-bodied experience before mm -hmm. and it was one of those moments where that's something that comes so naturally to me you know when you have things that are so automatic that they don't make sense as like things that other people don't think yeah. you know yep. um and so I was like oh yeah that's that's totally me like art as full <laughs> embodiment art as like wellness art as mindfulness and I um I'm very vehemently against like art being something that's gatekept or yeah, that like nobody can um or you have to have a certain like class or money or whatever to be part of it I think art is just part of who we are as humans yes. and so I'm really into getting people back to that core thing that we all know when we're like three and then we start forgetting under all the responsibility yeah, it's, it's interesting you say that that like three 
you know, I've, I've done a handful of uh, talks in schools with art teachers. So art teachers will invite me in and they'll have me talk. And um, they'll always mention how at some point the art like doesn't become part of what they think about anymore. And they, and one of the teachers said it usually happens around, you know, ninth or 10th grade where, you know, now they're thinking too much. They're like, wow, someone's not going to like the thing that I'm going to create. Mm -hmm. And it becomes like this judgmental thing, or they see it as like, you know, is there a career in this or, you know, all of these things. So I, I love that you pick up on that. Uh, but I also love your idea of the, the ugly art um, and this expression to, like, create. Um, you know, people often make that joke, I'm not an artist, right? I think people I've said say it, it yeah. all the time. Or they'll say, man, you're so really sad. good. I can't even draw a stick figure. Like, it's a thing. Like, yeah. it's... It's, yeah. There's a thing in the zeitgeist that people say every yeah. ugly art session I do, and I've been doing them for a year, every single month for a year, people say that. Like, at least one person is like, oh, how I can't people... draw to save my life. And it's like, great. You don't have to know how to draw because your inner child remembers. So we're yeah. just kind of like, <laughs> it's the you know, how, do, how do people feel when they get to the end of that session? They feel free. It's yeah. so cool because I do a check-in, like an emotional check-in, one word, how you're feeling in the beginning and one word at the end. Usually people are like either tense or heavy or had a long day, like not really sure how this is going to go. I'm scared of the blank canvas, not sure what's going to happen. The last session I had, I literally had a woman who was saying she was terrified of this white blank canvas. And by the end, she had punched a hole in it. She had ripped it apart. And like at the end, she was like, I feel so free. <laughs> I was wow. just like, hell yeah, that's exactly. Sorry about the levels on that one. <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs> Looking at our sound guy like, Woo. Then, <laughs> Coming in hot. No, like there, there's so much freedom in it. And I know that it works because I have struggled with like depression and anxiety and a fun cocktail of mental health stuff all my life. And art has been the only thing that's kept me sane and kept me tethered and grounded. And mm-hmm. so I know it works for me. So I'm like, yeah, it works. It works yeah. for everybody. It's like in our in our DNA. Yeah. You know? it, it's interesting. I mean, it, and that's a, I think that's a common theme in every single podcast and every single artist that we've had, they've touched on that mental health capacity. I mean, it could almost be behind the glass mental health gallery uh, in some way, right? Like, goodness, because people yeah. find yeah. this release in art. And sometimes they find, you know, a bit of struggle in it too, but they do mm-hmm. find that, that release. One thing I want to I want to touch on, Molly, and and I think you'll be our first uh, person in the in the gallery that is not primarily a photographer. I know Coco touched oh, on I'm the Thank visual you. arts capacity, <laughs> and I and you know Coco's work is, is amazing. But oh, I think yeah. a lot of people know Coco for the photography aspect of it, mm-hmm. where you are, you know, visual, you know, painter. Uh, you just do some really uh, beautiful collage work. I didn't know about Thanks. the master, so that's one thing that we learned here today. Yeah, we're going to circle yeah, back dude, on We're going to definitely highly, talk I'm about it. Educated. Last <laughs> month, we learned that you know, uh, Jackie is a uh, you meteorologist, know, you know, meteorologi- <laughs> which blew our minds in this studio. Yeah. Gosh, um, Jackie, but the, we're the talk master's after. degree is, is definitely fun uh, to, to learn about. We're going we're gonna to come back. Yeah. But Matt. Matt, who are you? Who am I? I'm the quietest one of the group. That much I can tell you. Uh, let's see. So I'm not a native to Rochester. I moved here. It's already been 25 years. Native now. I mean, and 25 so, is pretty long. I know, but I still don't consider myself a native, but I am. And I fell in love with Rochester. Uh, my partner's from here. I came here uh, when we were still living in a different state. I was like, wow, this is a cool city. And so we ended up moving here, not because I thought it was cool, but because her family's here and we have three kids mm-hmm. who are all grown by now. They're I'm, like, curi- I'm curious, so real quick, when you got here, what was your idea of the, the art scene and all that? Was it different when you came here? Did you well, have any idea of how that landscape was before you got here? Or was it? No, I had no idea. Basically, all I knew about was Memorial Art Gallery when gotcha. I came. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is the infancy of the internet. The only way you really knew about the arts at the time for me was to read the city newspaper. Mm. And, uh, and that was about it. But I was also raising three small kids. So I wasn't mm. what we were. And so I wasn't paying too much attention. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm in Rochester. I love the architecture of Rochester. I like the people of course too, but there's so many different things here. So a lot of my photography is of the architecture 
And uh, about me, I don't have any advanced degrees. I just have a BA in English. So that means I can talk about anything. <laughs> you know, it's the Swiss Army knife of, of degrees. Um, I primarily, my, my medium now is photography. I used to be into letterpress printing. I used to print a lot, and I don't do it anymore. I gave it up for a variety of reasons. And uh, I used to also make wood type for letterpress printing. So oh, wow. I consider myself creative, but I've never considered myself an artist. But that's okay. I don't need to label myself an artist. I know I'm creative. That's good enough for me. Uh, but everybody's different. And uh, I don't know. Is there any more you want to know about me? I can't think of anything else that might be <laughs> illuminating and cause I think everybody to I think, your, I think part of your story is interesting mm-hmm. because, you know, I think, you know, like many, you'll kind of skirt around that, you know, am I a photographer? Am I an artist? Right. You know, am I creating? You know, I am creative, but does that, you know, kind of give me the, the title? And I know... You know, um, when when Richard and I, um, more so Richard, you know, kind of started to think about this idea, your name came up a few times, mm-hmm. and I think in the beginning maybe you were a little hesitant about saying yes. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so I've been taking photographs for for decades, and they're either in a shoebox on prints, or they're on a hard drive, and mm-hmm. I never showed them to anyone, but say my partner and our kids. Um, an extended family. If we'd go on trips, I'd take the pictures and then they'd see them afterward. That's it. Um, well, I'll hesitate in saying this. So if you know the artist or rather the photographer, Vivian Meyer, mm-hmm. great photographer, she dies, everyone finds her stuff. Oh, yes. If it weren't for Richard, not that my stuff is at the same level as Vivian Meyer, no one would ever know about my stuff. Yeah. Richard's the one who brought me out of my shell and I owe so much to you for that, um, to be sitting here around this table and talking and otherwise, my stuff no one would know about. Yeah, I think that's a beautiful thing. And I, I mean, Richard and I have had, you know, so many different conversations about, mm-hmm. you know, folks in Rochester that are creating in some way, whether they're painting, whether they're doing, you know, collage work, whether they're, you know, grabbing a, a camera or their cell phone and, and yeah. taking a photograph or they're writing uh, beautiful words. And we've had just conversations about like, man, this person you know, wow, I really love and admire and, mm-hmm. and you know, the, the three of you that are around the table right now, you know, I admire all of your work for, for many different reasons. And, mm-hmm. you know, we'll talk a little bit about, you know, you know, you know, what inspires you, but, you know, me saying right now, like you all, the three of you really inspire me, you know, whether um, it is, you know, the way uh, Coco lights, you know, a person, especially a person of color, like just the way, mm-hmm. you know, the, the control, and I know uh, I'm going to ask this question in a second about the teacher who told you that your lighting sucked at some point oh, and yeah, how yeah, that I turned around that. for you. Because oh, yeah, I'd love to hear about that some more. Yeah, or just Molly just kind of being free with, you know, just the, the way you had done this um, during the beginning of COVID. And, you know, it, it seems like 10 years ago, but yeah. it was like two weeks ago, really. <laughs> right. um, but you were doing those pieces, like those scribble pieces, and in the middle you would write like shit or yeah. something, <laughs> and then you would scribble around it, and it would be like they were just these, and I, and I have two of them, and I was like, wow, these pieces are just, they resonate with me under all of these layers is this feeling, but on top of them are another feeling, or, you know, just the beauty in, in your work, Matt, and, you know, just how you frame mm-hmm. a scene. Uh, uh, and it's like, you know, your black and white photos from New York was like, is, is, this, a, like, is this a movie? Like, what movie is this? Mm-hmm. Um, I have not seen it yet. And so, you know, just the, the work is, is very inspiring. And I think the, the whole big notion of why we bring people to this gallery is because you guys elicit emotions and, and responses to people, normal people. Um, like for example, Matt, you know, you, 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 you talk about how you feel like, you know, you didn't know why, and, and I had to give you that extra push, but why people needed to see your, your photography. And I feel like I saw a little bit of myself in you because just like in the beginning when I started off, Quaje was the one that inspired me to start sharing more. And I feel like, you know, just like we have all these different gifts, these talents, these, you know, this, this type of art that we got to project from our bodies, our soul. Um, once we start sharing that and people see it, we elicit these responses and connections with people that we may not even know that they, they need in their lives. You know, like, you know, when I share a certain type of, you know, picture of 
you know, somewhere downtown in Rochester where somebody is out of state and they've never been to that area. And they're like, wow, you know, I, I pass by that all the time. And I never noticed that. And, you know, and, and stuff like that. And, you know, wow, I'm going through a deep, troubling, you know, emotional time and your paintings and, you know, just really drew me out. And, you know, the way that you amplify, you know, people of color, like just stuff like that just brings people these emotions that they need at certain times. And that's why we feel like it's important to be able to bring people in the gallery that we feel people in Rochester need to know about and need to see the work that you guys are putting out there. So I really appreciate that. Yeah, and even to, to Molly's earlier point there, you know, the, the, the idea of gatekeeping. Like, yes. Yeah, we have a, there is actually a gate in front of the glass, <laughs> yeah. but that gate mm-hmm. is, it's, it's definitely open. And it, you know, that idea of, you know, you don't have to have, you know, some extensive resume to be a part of this gallery. Right. Yes, you know, some of you have been fortunate to have your work in other spaces, but that's that's not a, that's not something you have to have in order to to be in this space. It's hey, we you know love the way you are visually representing whether it's Rochester or people or just who you are, and, and we think that's a, a beautiful thing. And I think that's what makes behind the glass gallery very special because, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Quaje, but I don't think there's any other gallery in Rochester that actually has a podcast to coincide with. Yeah, that's kind of a cool the gallery thing. work, yeah. you know. I mean, right. we actually want to hear you guys. We may have, you know, artist talks where people can, you know, go visit the artists, you know, and they'll have an artist reception or opening. But we do have that, yes. But there it may not be people a, accessible to visit the yeah, gallery. Gives you, know? you the opportunity to take it with you. Right. So, I mean, you guys can, you know, be able to, you know, you guys listening right now can listen to uh, these artists whenever you want. You know, their work may be down, you know, but you'll be able to listen to them whenever you want. Like, oh, wow, I missed... Um, I miss Jackie's uh, reception. I wasn't able to see what she had. You know, wow, I can just pull her up on Spotify and listen to what she had to say about her work. You know, so, I mean, we want to bring that, you know, uh, we want to have that bridge for you guys uh, as artists to be able to connect with the people outside the gallery, you know, even when you're not on the walls anymore. Uh, But, yeah, so let's keep it moving now. So um, we come back right now. We're going to actually dive a little bit deeper and, you know, maybe get into a little bit more tougher questions. (laughs) All right. And we're back now with uh, Coco. Go ahead, Kwaje. What do you got for her? (laughs) We're going to cut this out anyway. We're going to cut this out. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I had to, this is different now because I had to hold it and do like this. So (laughs) this threw threw me off because I had a little tiny baby mic. All right. All right. All right, we're back. (laughs) And, And we're back. So Coco, tell tell us um, like why, like who inspires your work, like what made you pick up the camera, for example, for the first time. Um. Okay. <laughs> um, Would you rather answer the why? meaning of life? <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a deep, very deep question. I feel like everybody has their own idea on the meaning of life. I can answer this other one. Um. So I guess for me, it just started when I was a like a preteen, I was shifting between different mediums, so I was really big on drawing back then, and that was my way of communicating with my parents and my um, grandparents. Um, so around that time, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I felt like drawing wasn't really speaking to me the way I wanted it. So I was really big on looking at magazine covers, album covers, book covers, like seeing what pictures and visual images would say in those moments. So I picked up a camera and just wanted to document my life, and it became, like, coming up with, like, visual scenarios of things. And once I got older, I kind of really resonated with, like, telling stories and creating, like, very visual narratives of people and creating setups so people could see themselves in a different way. So um, I could tell you now my visual inspiration is definitely Adrian Elam, definitely known as the gatekeeper who inspired me even way before I have, I ever met them. Yeah. Um, you did a, you did a, um, a photo series for in this moment, mm-hmm. uh, for the gatekeeper. Yeah. And like, you know, I loved every single, um, you know, uh, edition of that first, that first, uh, run, mm-hmm. uh, all 10. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing, like, I remember opening my mailbox, mm-hmm. pulling that one out, and just being like, 
wow. Like, <laughs> like, and the cover is, it's not even in color, but you could feel the color just like, and then you open it up and, mm-hmm. and just, it was beautiful, beautiful work. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and because of me being super inspired by them, they, um, in the midst of their uh, transitioning from Rochester to um, New York City, they left me their studio space, which definitely has like shaped and cultivated my art right now. Um, Joshua Shad McFadden definitely have been super inspired by his work. Uh, the same mentor who told me my lighting wasn't the best in high school was the same artist who told me I need to see you on this list of artists. And he was on this list of like 15 African-American artists you should know. And I was like, in like super tantalized by his art and the way he was telling stories. And, um, the last artist, I didn't realize I was a inspired. Like I was really inspired by her until like later, until like my college career. Currently, is um, Dina Lawson. Like, oh my gosh! Like her work is immaculate, especially with the way she sets up her um, models and just learning about how she meets these models and kind of is able to create this like scenario with them. And you're just like, how do you get people to get in these type of like scenarios? And what are you saying or asking t- for them to do to get this comfortable with you in front of the lens and stuff? So. I've been really inspired by, like, all these artists, and they're all from Rochester, so that's one thing I really love is, that's like, awesome. seeing their work, so. What, um, when you, you just uh, kind of touched on that point, and I heard you say this before, the, the teacher that was like, you need to, this lighting isn't it. Like, what did that, what did that moment mean to you, and how did that kind of push you? Because your lighting right now, you know, honestly, like, is what I, like, when I see your lighting, I'm like, I want to be, there like I want to be on Coco's level when it comes to to lighting um so the teacher who told me this was my high school mentor um I went to a small private school out in uh Penfield and she went to RIT and she was really big on photography and she taught the class so it was my first time having a teacher who was going to like give me all the information I wanted to like ask and learn so right after I finished high school like it was really hard to get in her graces like I felt like she really did not like me for, like, the longest. Because every time I would show my work, she'd be like, you could do this, or it could be this. And I'm just like, okay, okay, what can I do to get her to, like, really like me? And I got her to like me, but after I graduated high school, she was like, you need catch light. You need to get catch light in a person's face. That's what you need. You need a reflector. You need to get those things. Because, like, I did senior portraits for a classmate from a grade behind me. She was really nice about it. But she was like, yeah, you need catch light. Like, you need to bring light into her face and I was like lighting and I looked at like all my favorite pieces of work like my favorite painters um Vermeer like his painting skills is so immaculate especially with like the way he sets up in just this one room with the window like I love it so I'm like okay so I started to learn I was researching on YouTube then I went to Charleston and went to school down there and I met my next mentor and she was like I'm going to teach you how to take portraits I'm going to teach you how to do lighting I'm going to teach you all these things so that's awesome you can learn out of it. And to be honest, because of that, and she was willing to, like, give me all that information, it changed, like, my perception on, like, photography and lighting for a fact. So it's really dope. And I know you're um, I know you're also teaching young folks at, or I don't know if, are you still with um, doing the Flower City? Yep. So you were teaching young folks, 678, um, Studio 678, great program um, here in Rochester. Also, some of your students are on display at the Eastman through June, which I think is uh, incredible. How does, like, you know, you think of your mentor, these mentors you've had, how have you applied that to your your work with, um, you know, these are sixth, seventh, and eighth graders, you know, pretty early on using film, photography, going into a dark room, mm-hmm. like a skill that many sixth, seventh, and eighth graders won't have, especially at this point mm-hmm. uh, in the world, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty dope. Um, for me, I that's how I actually started with photography. It was film. I used to have a point and shoot purple film camera. I used to go get developed at Walmart all the time, and I used to go get the film loaded. And it was just my way of like getting into photography. And I used to yearn to like learn how to like develop it, how to produce all of that. But because I was self taught, I had to like learn a lot of stuff digitally through like YouTube and stuff. So teaching these students makes me feel like I'm teaching my younger self what I've always wanted to learn, you know, so. That's um, awesome to think about it like that. Thank you. Like, I really am. Like, my first group of students, um, I had them as eighth graders, but I knew them when they were sixth graders, and just learning how 
they were just catching on to everything and they you, if you give them time and space to learn they're willing to learn and learning about their like their lives in school and outside of school you're like wow how much photography plays such a huge part in their lives and stuff so I'm excited for this group of students I've worked with sixth graders and it's been a it's been a roller coaster with them, but <laughs> I've learned a lot, and I'm excited to celebrate their works and accomplishments the, on this Friday. We're celebrating them at uh, City Hall. They're having their work featured there for mm -hmm. a month, which I'm really excited about. And you know, I've been telling them co like content, like how big this is for them. They may not see it now, but I know in like 10, 15 years, they're like, "Oh my gosh, I remember when I did this." Or, "Oh my <laughs> yeah, gosh, I, I did a <laughs> I did a year or." partially a year at uh, Flower City when they did a branch off. It was uh, 789. Mm -hmm. And I, the part of the reason why I wanted to be a part of the program was, like, how cool is it for these kids to be at this age, to be a published photographer and author, because they're writing mm -hmm. as well, and then to have their work, like, displayed. Rochester City School Kids, right? Mm -hmm. Having this opportunity to say, someone believes in you and you are a, a creative. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think it's cool. And which kind of ties into, you know, a little bit of, you know, Molly's yeah. uh, work as a, as a creative. I was going to say what, art is an empowerment yeah. tool. Oh yes. Definitely. What made you, what made you pick up the paintbrush? I just always wanted to. Um, so I was definitely the kid who got in trouble for like, coloring sharpie on the wall which now i'm like i can i can use sharpie in my work as much as i want i'm a full, i'm a grown-ass artist person so sharpie is a big like material that i use i think primarily because i wasn't allowed to use it when i was a little kid even though i still did right so i always was creative i always was like too much energy for my body you know like so much energy and I'm I'm really sensitive I'm kind of clairvoyant and so like stuff just passes through like I'm a semi-permeable membrane and so for me to release it out of my body so it's not trapped in there is like really really helpful so I have to paint um and it's interesting because when I started really going after it in earnest in college, kind of on the down low, because I was getting my um, two degrees in education because that was the responsible thing to do, right. oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, because like be a teacher. That. Yeah. Get paid so much money. <laughs> All this fun stuff. So um, much money. So much. Ten dollars every four years. <laughs> no, that's a whole other thing. But I so I'm getting my master's right in literacy and I'm moonlighting at the printmaking shop at Brockport and just like loving the kinesthetic feel of like the paint and that's always kind of been it which is why this last weekend doing a live painting was so gratifying for me because it brought me back to my roots of just like it's less about the image that comes through on my painting it's more about the kinesthetics and the embodiment of the thing and the therapy of it um like I'm really inspired by the um, abstract expressionists of like the 30s and 40s mm -hmm. because World War II was happening. And it was it's interesting if you read writings from that time because it's almost like you could take the, the date off and be like, oh, it's from today, like 2023. We're talking about the world ending and like all of this stuff. And these artists talk about how there's nothing hopeful in the world that they can see. So they start delving into their inner selves for um, inspiration and for color and for, you know, things to pull out of themselves. And I was always really inspired by that. Um, I love like Georgia O'Keeffe and Kasama and just a lot of the stuff that's just like, have to do it. Just like, can't not do it. It's almost like Joan Mitchell talks about art and like needing to paint is almost like a disease. Like she's just like, we can't, it's like an addiction. Like can't not do it. So it's interesting. You, you mentioned, uh, Georgia O'Keeffe, right? Yeah. So the, the, the mag has that piece, um, in their, uh, collection, you know, where it's something on one side yeah. and you go around to the back or however you're approaching right. it. It could be the favorites. front of whatever, you know, whatever way you're approaching it, there's something on the opposite side. It's kind of like a surprise. Mm -hmm. And I think there's often a surprise in some of your work because yeah. of the paint that you use from time to time. Mm -hmm. yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So something that I happened upon by accident, really, a couple of years ago was this idea of using black light 
um, within my paintings and using fluorescent paint so that I have, you know, a composition that's beautiful and successful in white light, but then you take a little black light flashlight and suddenly you see all these hidden layers yeah. under the surface, right? I love and that. yeah, thanks. And it's like it was one of those aha moments where one of my friends was working on something with a black light flashlight in the studio and I was like, um, excuse me, I'm gonna need to borrow that for a second because I was already <laughs> using these neon paints. I'm a nineties baby, like mm-hmm. I was already using these and when I realized that they were reflective I was like this is the perfect like image metaphor for what I do like talking about expressing the inner landscape of like our psyche and all these things that we can't really put words to but they're there and layers that you know like I'm never going to know about you but they're under the surface when we're sitting together you know um it's really cool to show it with the black light especially with the flashlights because then people it's not a static light so people can come up to my work and like explore it. And, and to me as a teacher and someone who's really interested in embodiment, like that's a smuggle for getting people to like be quiet with themselves yeah. <laughs> for I, like I think, a couple minutes. <laughs> so there was like, a show Ooh. that you had and I remember walking in and I was like, you know, the lights are on, right? The, yeah. All the lights are on, but there is this basket of flashlights. It's like, are they expecting the lights to go off? <laughs> and then I saw people grab them. And then all of a sudden you could see this beautiful like color happening around the room. Right. And you're like, wait a minute. And then everyone wants a flashlight because they want to go on fine. Like, is there a message in there? Is yeah. there like just one little piece? And I, I just thought that was a really interesting way when you think of like engaging people in the art. And I don't know if that Mm -hmm. has something to do with one of the 12 uh, teaching degrees that you have. (laughs) The 12, yeah. It's growing (laughs) by the minute. (laughs) 15, actually. No, Um, 23 by the end of the podcast. podcast. (laughs) Yeah, that was also part of it um, because I'm definitely one of those people, again, going back to the gatekeeping and how things are traditionally displayed in art is it's like a white wall. And there's like pristine, everything is perfect. And it's like perfectly lit and you don't touch it. Like you don't come within five feet of it. And that always frustrated me, especially as like I was a kindergarten teacher and like I had a play therapy room when I was a teacher at a charter school. And so that was always like, I want you to touch it. You know, like I want you to feel the texture. I want you to like experience it. And so when I found these blacklight flashlights, I was like, oh, this is a perfect way for them to like touch it with their eyeballs. You know, like (laughs) we can really like explore and and kids love it. And to me, if a kid likes it, then I'm on the right track. Because, like, kids know. They're, like, closer to the purity of creativity. And they're like, oh, there might be secret messages in this one. Like, every weekend I have a kid come through the studio and be like, are there new secret messages? And I'm like, I don't know. You're going to have to look around and see, you know. It's like, um, what's the movie, uh, Christmas Story, and, like, you know, the Ovaltine, like, is there a message in there? And then it's like, oh my go to bed freaking at nine. Commercial. And the kids are like, you tricked me. <laughs> there you go. There's a sponsor opportunity there. there. You know, what's interesting. And, and I remember the, your show very vividly in um, 2020 because it was one of the last things that had gone to. And it was, you yeah. had, you know, the black lights up and I remember it being at locals only and people were like interacting and you could just see this, like, what is happening? Why is this so cool? So I, I love that you, you, you talked about that Thank you. Um, a little bit. Absolutely. Matthew. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what's your, what's your journey? I know you talked, um, you know, about, you know, coming to Rochester and, um, and we very similar where, you know, I've, I think we're in year. 15 or 16. Um, and so that transplant coming in, not, you know, knowing what's happening around raising a family and then, you know, opening your eye one day and be like, wow, this is really cool. Like these things that are, that are happening in the city. So what was your, your journey? My journey is pretty subdued as you can probably tell from just listening to me, but, uh, it's the quiet in, storm in, uh, <laughs> it is. so I've always been interested in photography. I shared with Richard a picture I came across recently. I was 13, and I had my first camera that someone had, my parents had given to me. I really wanted a Canon AE-1, and they ended up buying me just a, a Canon, um, you know, point-and-shoot. But there it is, hanging around my neck. I look like a nerd. Um, <laughs> but that's okay. I was a nerd and still am. But, it's funny uh, you brought that up, actually, because I was actually going to uh, bring that up also. Because yeah? I wanted to actually touch on that to say, like, what do you feel about knowing what you know now and looking back at you as a younger, as your younger self. 
I wish I had done more. I wish I yeah. had been more open to the idea of the arts as part of my life. I took a very traditional path. Let's go to college. Let's get a, util- a useful deg- degree, English, Swiss Army knife. Yeah. And then I did, you know, just your typical thing, marriage, children, and work. Uh, but in 2009, my partner, Amy, gave me uh, a Nikon DSLR, and my mind just kind of exploded. And so I'm looking back at those old photographs now, and some of the ones I took, like I went to Nick Tahoe's. I'd only been in Nick Tahoe's once in my life. And I have these great pictures of the people who are the cooks. I don't know if they're Tahoe's or not, but they're looking at me with such disdain because I'm taking their photo. <laughs> and I love it. And so I took a whole bunch of pictures, and that's how I started to explore Rochester. Right. And for those of you who are listening to the podcast, um, you can't see me, but I'm just your basic middle-aged, balding white guy, okay? <laughs> and so I love walking all over the city. My partner, Amy Crossed, she did actually walk every city street and was in the paper a few years ago for it and all that. But we love to go into places where many people don't think they should go because of skin color or socioeconomic status. So when I go into those areas, I'm taking photos, and I'm often asked questions, what are you taking a picture of? And it's just anything. And so my journey has been taking pictures of whatever catches my eye. I like to take pictures of people, but I'm also respectful of that. I don't want them to feel like their their privacy is being violated. And so uh, my journey is just, and so that's why I focus a lot on architecture, because there's nobody to worry about. At the same time, my candidates of people, I love. Yeah. But I don't share them on, on social media too often because I don't want to violate anyone's privacy. So my journey has been, I take these mostly for me. I see things. I feel like I have a good eye. I see things differently, and then I, I share them with some people. Like, there's a lot of stuff I don't ever post on on Twitter because it's mine. Yeah. I think what's really cool, uh, what, you, what you talked about there just a, a bit, um, you know, going into areas that maybe people don't see. And I think, and that, that's part of what resonates in your work for me, right? So, you know, I always use the, the example of, you know, Rochester skyline is beautiful, but we have so many pictures of the Rochester skyline. Like it's oversaturated, not to say to, you know, discourage someone to go out and take that same mm-hmm. photo. It's great. But what about, you know, Avenue D? What about, you know, Joseph Avenue? What about Clinton? What about, you know, down on South Avenue somewhere? What about the person at the bodega, which, you know, is why I I resonate so well with with Richard's photos. Things that, you know, you don't necessarily see or, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, back to some of Coco's work, you know, uh, here is a beautiful black person that's well lit because you were able to capture uh, the color in their face, but just these moments. And I think that's something that's really cool about your work where, you know, I've seen some of those other candid, you know, someone just walking by a trash can. Like to someone else, they're like, why is that a photo? Right. But that is everyday life. It's someone living and breathing here in the city, mm-hmm. which I think is, is super important. And, and if I could add one more thing, it was Richard sharing his imagery of those things that weren't downtown Rochester that I knew I had similar imagery. And I said, this is so beautiful. Mine must be something. And so then when he would post something, I'd post my counter of, yeah. this is what I took of that same area. Two different perspectives, but the mm-hmm. same area. And not to get self-righteous, but one of the reasons I always put the, the streets in when I shoot my stuff is I want people to know that Rochester isn't one particular area. It might be Avenue D. And you might not see someone like me on Avenue D, but guess what? Some Saturday morning, you might see someone like me. Right, right. And let's talk. And that happens. And and that's what I love about our city. Yeah. What about the, I know you, you talked about the, the letterpress and, and kind of moving away from the letterpress. Does any of that um, structural, like, kind of thought and idea factor into any of your composition or how you're framing or thinking through? It's a great question. So letterpress is very much tactile. And that's what I loved about it. Mm-hmm. And you have to see things and feel things in a certain way. When it came to letterpress printing, I could do the same thing. And I do transfer that to what I see through my viewfinder. And uh, how to explain that, I'm not sure how I could. But it's definitely all the same in my brain. Just a that's different nice. medium of tactile versus viewfinder. Mm. So what's next? Also a loaded question. Very loaded. Really? 
Like yeah. what is what's what's next for you in this this journey as a an artist as a creative, um, you know, Coco. What's next, Coco? Um, well, right now I'm currently um, in the midst of finishing my uh, degree at uh, VSW, so it's trying to figure out what's next after that. That's awesome. Congrats, uh, by the way. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I'm really just open to anything. Right now I'm just exploring more of the medium of film and um, photographing myself, doing more self-portraits. I definitely love that um, this experience I've gained in the midst of it, just mm -hmm. getting a chance to see myself in a different way. Um, I feel like I'm reconciling with a lot of like insecurities that I've grown up with for that. years. I love that. You I'm going to add to that real quick. I love that because I, I battle with that every day, and I'm pretty sure everybody does, uh, the insecurities of being on camera. I hate myself on camera, and I think the fact that you're literally just throwing yourself out there in front of it um, is great, and you're actually putting it out there in the world to hopefully help other people like myself. So, yes, I will try and do that as well. Uh, but, yeah, that's great. I really appreciate that you're doing that and letting people know that. Thank you. And, Coco, where can people find you on the, the interwebs? Uh, you guys can find me on um, on any social media platform at by Coco Ray, B-Y-C-O-C-O-A-R-A-E, or on my website, www.cococoa-rae.com. Solid. Nice. Molly, what about you? What's next? Yeah, so the first thing that I thought of when you asked that question was like, oh, next is my kids are teenagers, which is really weird. But it's also <laughs> really fun because it's giving me more opportunity to like be in it with my art making and career and stuff. And like, you know, um, figuring out what's next is what's next, <laughs> it seems like. But um, I'm working on a couple of really big bigger, more community focused projects. So like there are some things down the road that are going to be more than just me. Um, I just recently curated a big group show and I love curating and I love bringing like the community together and like, you know, teacher, I love nested community being woven into all this art making. So more and more of that and uh, hopefully going a lot bigger because after all this live painting, I'm like, oh, we need to do more band jams and live painting on bigger and bigger canvases. So yeah, I love the idea of if anyone has a warehouse <laughs> pivoting to this curating um, thing now as, as a, yeah. like, you know, Richard and I curating, like that's not a title or a thought we ever had. It was just, mm -hmm. and just, Hey, you know, we, there's a space and let's, let's work on it. Yeah. Where can people find let's you on the it. internet? Um, so you can find me pretty much every social media platform at The Darling Revolution. Um, and then I'm also on Etsy.com slash The Darling Revolution. So it's pretty easy. Beautiful. Yeah. What a nice handle to have. Thank you. <laughs> Mine isn't so great. <laughs> I'm sure it's great. What's, no. next, what's next for you, uh, Matt? <laughs> so for me, I just switched over to becoming more of an analog or film photographer, and I'm really enjoying it. Uh, especially black and white. And uh, so I think I'm going to focus on that for a while. I do need to figure out lighting. Um, I'm only able to shoot right now. Coco, I do need to learn from you. <laughs> I'm only able to shoot right now outside. Everything I've done inside has been abysmal. Um, so so that's what I'm going to focus on is my film um, and try to focus uh, to become better at that. And that's about it. You know, I'm pretty simple. There's not much going on upstairs to really say. <laughs> I've got 10-step plan like Molly. I don't have a 10-step plan. Not, I yeah, don't I know think, what I'm doing most yeah. of the time. Let's just let, <laughs> let's be real. Let's yeah, be real. Think, I'm confident and I have no idea what I'm like, doing. <laughs> I enjoy asking that question mostly to get some ideas for myself. <laughs> oh, I'm just following the curiosity. I'll, uh, I'll follow your path. Uh, yeah. Just following the tidbits wherever they lead. <laughs> so one thing I'm excited about, I'm going to Italy this summer, and I want to take black and white oh, uh, cool. to that's Italy because good. Italy is so beautiful. I'm lucky to have been there before. And there's so much color, but I want to see it in black and white. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's interesting you talk about the black and white journey. Most people know that I've, kind of pivoted between the two, mostly shooting color for like work assignments. But when my personal stuff has been mostly black and white and there's something about like black and white kind of equalizing a scene um, and kind of giving you this, this beautiful moment. So I'd, I'm super excited to see 
what you bring back and just be careful with your film going through. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. The, I heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. TSA. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're so, not yeah. kind to film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you I, might be a spy. I, I have them not take it through security. And what about yeah. um, social? I know you're just on the... So so for me, I'm just on Twitter. Yep. And my handle is and, A-N-D, underscore, P-E-R, underscore, S-E. So clearly when I created this, I only cared about myself, not how people <laughs> could find me. <laughs> but, is, there, is there a meaning behind that? Yeah, no? there is. So the secret meaning is... And uh, per se, right? The, the ampersand, <laughs> the ampersand, which is my favorite letter form. Some call it the 27th letter. Um, it came about from um, and per se. So its it, its roots are in that, and so then became a symbol. And so that's why I chose that. And when I chose that, I just thought, oh, that's easy. I like it, but it's very hard to translate. <laughs> I love it. I tell you, this the podcast is always like a learning hour. It really right? is. You know, goodness, we learn so much from everybody, and it's I enjoy this so much. It's such a great experience. Uh, every month we <laughs> we leave. We have, every month, Quaje and I we have a text thread back and forth of stuff that we talk about that we're like, wow, I didn't even know we were going to learn that today. I didn't know that this person had this going on. And so, uh, yeah, this was, uh, this was pretty awesome. Thank you for having us. guys. Yeah. We appreciate you all for coming in and sharing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, No, I'm really excited about what you guys are bringing to the gallery. Um, Real quick. We'll give our producers some airtime to just uh, talk about uh, some stuff real quick. Yeah, so uh, again, thanks everybody for coming over to the Food About Town studio to record today. Uh, it was great to meet Coco, uh, Maui in person, mm-hmm. and seeing Matt here in the studio is a delight. And going on what Matt said about you know exploring Rochester through going to all the places, um, if you're interested in learning about Rochester's food and drink scene through that lens, oh, see that? Through that lens, this is a photography <laughs> nice. show, look what I did there, see that? That was slick. Um you can yeah. go to, uh, I hope you'll check out Nominate. Uh, go to nominatemeals.com. You order a meal for two for $35 or $40. You have no idea what you're getting till you pick it up. We work with all the wide variety of Rochester's diverse restaurants. So you get to learn about what Rochester really is, not just the hipster foods, not just Park Ave, where Rochester's food really is. And some of the places I've got coming up, I am. I didn't even know we had some of these cuisines here in town until I went and visited them in person, and there's nothing like driving the streets of Rochester to find the places. If you don't drive, you're going to miss things. If you don't walk, you're going to miss things. Yep. So um, if you don't want to miss things, go to nominatemeals.com <laughs> to order your meal for pickup at Three Heads Brewing and also starting at Fatty Beer at the end of April, new location. So we're growing. We've got a charity event coming up with Camp Good Days on April 19th. Join for that. $5 from every sale goes directly to Camp Good Days. So thanks so much for coming over, everybody. I really appreciate it. No doubt. No doubt. All right. Thank you. Thank you to our April artists. Uh, Right now, please come down to the gallery. uh, Check out what they have to offer on the gallery walls. And we'll hopefully see you guys in person at the reception every first Friday from 6 to 8. And uh, we appreciate all you guys. You guys all take care. And uh, we'll see you next month.